0: Get ready to celebrate God's call to go. Here's your weekly dose of heartwarming encouragement for the missionary in all of us. Welcome to Missions Change My Life.
1: Now, here's your host, Pastor Kevin. Good morning. This is Pastor Kevin, and it's December the 15th, and we have an incredible show lined up for you. You're listening to Missions Changed My Life show, and I welcome you. I'm glad to have you here as part of the audience today. Henry is our special guest, and today is part two of Henry's story. If you did not catch part one last week, you'll want to go back and just listen to that because he shares an incredible testimony of how God captured his heart and really began to lead him with a life of having a living relationship with God that is expressed in audacious generosity and that has now included mission trips, including his trip over to India, which we're gonna dive into a little deeper today. Welcome to the show, Henry. Mm-hmm. So let's dive into India. Oh yeah. Thank you, Henry, <laughs> for setting all that up.
0: When was your first mission trip to India, Like, and how many times you have been to?
2: I've only been to India twice, but uh-huh. I've been to India in my heart, I don't know, a thousand times. Amen, mm-hmm. yes. I am still in contact even as, as recent as two days ago, mm-hmm. I always send uh, WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApp texts back and forth mm-hmm. to my good friend Raju. And we send each other scripture, we send each other prayer, always asking about each other's families.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, that relationship that I made is a lifelong relationship that started uh, on my first trip and I believe that was 2007. 17 was the first time I went to India.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I got to be honest, India, there was many trips available to go on. Mm. And India was never top on my list, probably because of the lengthy trips to get there. All the right. airline <laughs> transfers and customs and immigrations. And, cause I, you know, I can go on a mission trip in my own country. and I don't have to go through all that. But right. when I did finally agree to go, I, I think that was probably the best experience out of all my mission trips
3: mm.
2: which uh the, yeah the grueling trip to get there that was part of the journey that was probably one of the most exciting
3: mm-hmm.
2: even all the the hoops and hurdles that we had to go through to to get there most people would have just turned around <laughs> <laughs> you know after the, the first delay they would have said "The heck with it Let's go home but Yes, God just kept putting on you. The adrenaline was just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You hit the brick running, and you keep running until you come home, and that's when it hits you. You know, you know, being there, you know, being in Hyderabad, it's a totally different culture, a different way of life. Mm. I mean, to social distance in India, I think is almost impossible in Hyderabad. Right. <laughs> mm. And to be that in close contact with them, yeah, that, that really had a huge impact on my life. That, you know, mm-hmm. even though these people live 180 degrees different than I did,
3: mm-hmm. they're still people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They,
2: they still have feelings. They have hearts. They have faith. They have hope. Yeah, yeah. It's just like anybody else in any other country. So I found that when I go to these countries with people that have so very little,
1: mm-hmm. they have
2: so much more than me.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm. It, it it doesn't matter how much wealth I can amass these people have nothing and have more,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and yes, I love that I fell in love with that idea, which is probably why I let go of everything that I have, but you know it's just I'm just taking care of it for now it's not mine,
3: mm-hmm.
2: so you know, I came home with a and I can look at my neighbors in my own community differently now mm. without without judgmental thoughts, giving everybody the benefit of the doubt. Mm. And yeah, just jumping in with both feet. So India was probably the most eye-opening trip I've ever been on, and uh, yeah. i went back once uh, again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was the following year I went back again and led another trip. Mm-hmm. And then I've gone, I've gone on a couple other mission trips. Uh, one in the United States, one in uh, British Columbia. I've been to Haiti, but now that COVID has hit, and again, I'm, I'm just i don't know what it is i'm just afraid to go on a plane and travel anywhere yeah. if i can just bring myself to india mm-hmm. i would have no problem you mm-hmm. know doing whatever i am needed to do over there mm-hmm. and uh just revisiting my family and friends over there that's how i feel about them
0: right mm-hmm. so yeah during yeah. And, uh during a mission trip in Hyderabad, but like what like what your team member like you do uh you work Work with children or you work with the uh, um the staff or like what exactly what kind of project that you did
2: i met saji john mm-hmm. when we went to Hyderabad in uh, the john foundation asha Jyoti, mm-hmm. and we went to uh the uh, mitchell campus mm-hmm. and that's when they were just oh there was only one building their main building and mm-hmm. there were maybe four children homes that had 10 children and a house mother in each, and we had the uh, the task of helping them build some storage cabinets, mm. and I've been a cabinet maker, among other things, in my career over the years, so it was a good fit for me mm-hmm. to go over there. It was a little difficult getting the team to come with you because of the expense and the lengthy trip to get there, but I managed to you know, get about seven, seven other guys. Mm-hmm. And they all had their uh, their little doubts and anxieties, but again, every one of them.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: when we did our debriefs, they couldn't stop talking about it. They just loved the experience, mm-hmm. and a couple of them made a return trip with me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, it, it was life changing to see those little little children just so joyful and happy,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. and
2: the way they they loved Jesus and the gospel and how they pray every day. and They are just so thankful for everything they have. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's that was a huge impact on me and the team. Kind of opened the door that we're not afraid to go anywhere, to do anything anymore because we're just the hands and feet of God. So right.
3: mm-hmm.
2: whatever yeah. happens, happens. People are worried about, you know, what happens if we get mugged? We never come home. The plane crashes. You know, you're on a mission ship mm-hmm. for God. Mm -hmm. And if something happens to us or we should die or the plane crashes, I mean, how great is that? Mm
3: -hmm. You
2: die doing work with God. Yeah. It not get any
3: better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I love how a mission trip will really surface the impurities in our life and the fears are one of those impurities. And, you know, we should live surrendered every day absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And all of a sudden a person will sign up to go to India on a mission trip. And every loved one, (laughs) every loved one will come out of the bushes Uh, really, really in opposition as to what, are you sure you know what you're doing? Why would you want to go all the way over there? Isn't that dangerous? You know, what, what if something happens to you? And the reality is if God calls you to go, you're going to be more safe following his call than you are going to be in disobedience here in a, here in the USA. Mm -hmm. And uh, Henry, I also like your story in that you're not a, you're not a pastor. You're not a worship, leader you're not an evangelist as far as your trade and so a lot of people could say you know what could a construction guy really have to do on a mission On a mission trip, India is full of laborers. You don't need Henry to come over and build cabinets. Talk to that because I've heard you and, you know, this is not about driving nails. (laughs) You know, we're going to, we're going to use lumber and there'll be a lot of putting lumber together. But this is a mission trips, not about the construction. Talk to our audience a minute about that. Why, Mm -hmm. why would you invest so much to go over to India and take seven guys with you?
2: My very first mission trip was to Haiti. And it was a construction trip. They wanted someone who was uh, well-versed in every phase of construction. And at that time, I really, I didn't have the mindset of a missionary. I had the mindset of a construction worker going over there to help build a medical center. And in one of our three meetings to prepare us for the mission trip, it was about One of our instructors told me that it's not about actually building a building. It's about building relationships with the people that you're there to serve. Amen. But I still did not have that mindset when I got there. Mm. I've been the go-to guy for 40 years. People, you know, when they have a problem with construction, they call me up. And either I do the work or help them work or show them how or tell them how. So that was my mindset when I got there. And when I got to the job site, there was a lot of confusion. My fellow teammates, not many of them knew anything about construction. So I was kind of the go to guy. I was given a task to do mm-hmm. by the project leader over there. And I could not get it done because I was getting pulled in 10 different directions to help others with their tasks. Mm-hmm. And then in the midst of all this, there's all these little Haitian kids in the village climbing up my ladder, grabbing tools out of my nail pouch. And <laughs> I was I was ready to explode because mm-hmm. I could not do the task that I was on. And then it hit me halfway through that first day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What my instructor said, like, Henry, the main thing is building relationships, not a building. And that it hit me <laughs> like a brick in the head. <laughs> And I said to myself, you know what? I brought a Frisbee in my backpack. So Mm -hmm. I decided to stop working. I couldn't get anything done anyway. I went and got my Frisbee. And I was the Pied Piper of these kids. They didn't even know what a Frisbee was. And we had so much fun that first (laughs) day. And the building still got built. Uh Everybody was still on schedule. And we were just having fun and just loving on these kids. They were loving on us. The uh, adults in the village were the same way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, once I got that mindset, now my mission trips are not about building. It's not my main focus. Mm -hmm. My main focus is the people that we're serving with, whether it's my team and the people that we are serving. Mm -hmm. And to build that relationship was, to me, more rewarding than the final product of this birthing center, this medical center, Mm -hmm. even though that was a great thing for their community, I I feel it was even greater to build those relationships. And and for it all to be God-centered and Jesus-centered, that's what made it all more special. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where you can sit down and talk with somebody about the gospel and Jesus and what he's done in my life and Mm -hmm. what he's going to do in their lives. We could talk for hours and, before you know, at the
3: end of the day, all the work
2: I've done, Mm -hmm. right? How did that happen? We weren't even focusing on
1: work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but Henry, what a great example of what life should be like. Um, This is, you know, God will use us to send us 8000 miles away to India to show us this is how you should be working back in your own uh, community. Every day yeah. you wake up on mission for the Lord Jesus right. and every day yeah. you lay yeah. your agenda yeah. aside for the mission of the Lord, yeah. but yet yeah, your your home will get built, your work will get done, yeah. and it'll get done mm-hmm. better and faster if you'll just follow the Lord's steps along mm-hmm. the way. Yes,
3: Yeah. I
2: agree 100%. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely changed my outlook in my own country, in my own city, in my own neighborhood,
3: So yeah. where
2: mm-hmm. I, I would rather I would rather go help somebody build their home that needs my help rather than doing it for money. Mm-hmm. Because, the, the, you know, when it's all based around that money and schedule, and to me, there's no joy in that.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: I find more joy in just diving in with the skills that God gave me with the resources God provides mm-hmm. and we can change someone's life.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And the whole time doing it, it, it's God is on, is in your mind. He's on the tip of your tongue. He, he's in everything you do. Mm-hmm. And to me, yes, it, it was a mission trip, 8,000 miles away that made me realize what I need to do in my own community, my own country, my own house, Beautiful. put him first, no matter where you are. And, Everything will will just work out.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, it's it's like everything's like wow! It's getting better and better. I love your story all the time.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you
2: know what? I got a kick out of the first trip I went to uh, India. Yeah, I, I went there with a game plan and knew exactly what I was gonna do before I got
3: there. Mm. Until
2: you get there, <laughs> and then that's it. Then you, if you're not flexible, you're gonna break like us. <laughs> uh-huh. So. Yeah. Mission trips have, have made me as flexible as Gumby. Yes. <laughs> you know, I love that. I want to go straight. God says, You can't. You got to go left. Okay, we go left. That's where God wants us to go. We go left, even though it's not where we want to go. But that's <laughs> where God wants us to go, and you do it wholeheartedly. Yes. With yes. a smile on your face, a song in your head, love in your heart. Yeah. Yes.
0: Wow! in Hyderabad, like in India during your mission trip? What is the funniest story that you like you can share that you have experienced? <laughs> Just
2: one? <laughs> <laughs> there will <laughs> be many. I know. The <laughs> first funny story that I encountered was uh, was when I packed. I am the uh, guy that was in charge of getting all the tools, making a list, checking it twice, mm-hmm. making sure we have everything we need, and then some. Because I didn't know what we were going to experience when we finally got to India. All I know is difficult to travel and to get anything. There isn't a local Home Depot right around the corner like we do around here. Yeah. So, again, uh, we didn't – we were all uh, allowed two checked bags, which none of us used. We just packed whatever clothes we needed in a backpack.
3: hmm
2: So, that left a lot of bags. So, the first trip was like 14 checked bags of tools. Mm-hmm. So, me, I'm a Mr. Organization, so I want to know exactly what bag has got what. So, if anybody asks me a question where something is, I know exactly where it is. So, I thought I was being good with weighing everything at 50 pounds, almost on the button, and kept everything together. So, one bag would be loaded with all the batteries Mm. that were for all our cordless tools. I had no idea what electrical... Uh, things were required out there. So I said, well, batteries are batteries, no matter what country we go to. Mm -hmm. So I put all the batteries in one bag, all the power cords in another bag, all the hand tools in another bag, not knowing that when I go through customs or the X-ray machines, they see uh, these bags filled with bomb-making materials, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, the funniest thing was uh, I got pulled over just about every stop, me or one of my teammates, and you have this particular bag in your possession, you want to open it up and explain why you have all these batteries and cords. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. So, yeah, at first it wasn't so funny, but you know, when we look back at it now, it, it was pretty hilarious. Because, yeah. Uh, again, God's hand was on everybody.
3: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: none of us went to jail, none of us got <laughs> in trouble. And, you know, everything, we didn't miss any flights. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a, a pretty funny experience it took a couple of days for all our bags to show up but again we had a whole congregation a couple hundred people praying and those bags showed up the next day and we were right on schedule with our build and
3: mm-hmm.
2: going home was the same thing we had the same problems going home but now if i go back there again i know how to pack mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. uh, there was a few things that we actually left there you mm-hmm. know planning that we if we ever do go back so all my power converters and a bunch of power cords and I really don't need here and put mm-hmm. them in uh, Saji John's storage cabinet for the next time we show up or whoever needs it when they show up on a trip is there for whoever needs mm-hmm. the second funniest story is uh, the second trip I went was only four of us it was uh-huh. a very small intimate group uh, we all knew each other from church mm-hmm. and one of the guys that was with us was six foot six <laughs> and I think he was the tallest man in India <laughs> and it was like going around with a superhero. Everybody <laughs> wanted a selfie. Uh-huh. We went to, uh, oh, that uh, fortress. I forget what city it was in, but it was a little day, uh, day trip that we took. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. we can do some sightseeing. And this place is a, a place where a lot of students go, busloads, and they learn about, I guess, the history of India there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And this was my second trip there. And it's a, a two mile Hike upstairs to get to the King's Palace. And from wow. there, you can look down on the entrance, and you see all these buses pulling up. Somebody must have told them that the Jolly Green Giant <laughs> the house. And these kids could not get up those steps fast enough.
3: <laughs> and
2: we were in a courtyard at a little, it uh, looked like a little snack bar where you can get something to drink and something to eat. And there was probably uh, maybe a hundred, and about a football length, Space between the opening of this courtyard to the snack bar, mm. and it looked like we were going to be attacked. I, there <laughs> had to have been a hundred kids came through that gate at the same time, running at us. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what to do, uh-huh. <laughs> but they came by to see the Jolly Green
3: Giant. <laughs> all wanted their pictures taken. <laughs> yes, with the world's tallest so that man was pretty comical. <laughs> from, yeah, from the USA, we him, <laughs> a huge we guy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: So that
3: was pretty fun. And now
0: imagine yourself on the forward mission field. You and your team are on the bus going to today's programs. After singing a few
1: songs, Pastor Kevin stands to Preach deliver man. a devotion hey, man. Hey, man.
3: Okay. Hey, oh, Come on now I'm ready.
1: Hey team, gather around. Before we go out into the work God has given us today as missionaries, I want to encourage you with this word, sent. John 17 uses this word, sent, more than any other place in Scripture. And I love Jesus' prayer in John 17. It says in verse 3, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you and only the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. The Jesus, the son is praying to the father about how he was sent by the father. In verse 8, it says, They accepted it and know that I came from you, and they believed you sent me. So the believers are those who believe and understand that the Father has sent the Son. And then in verse 18, it says, Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And so this same action of the father sending the son. Now the son is sending the believers. And it's important that you and I hear this word sent. But Jesus's prayer continues in verse 21. It says, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. And Jesus is praying for unity. And he's saying as the world sees their unity, may the world believe that you sent me. And Jesus is in essence saying, as my believers go out, as they do the father's business, let the world understand John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. I want you to hear that word sent. Let the Holy Spirit bring it to mind over and over and over. It says in John 17, verse 23, I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. Jesus is passionate about the world understanding that it is the Father who has sent the Son, and that you and I understand that it is the Son that is now sending the believers. And then in verse 25, it says, O righteous Father, the world doesn't know you, but I do, and these disciples know you sent me. That word there is apsotelo. That's the Greek word, it means to send, to send away. It literally means sent on a defined mission by a superior. Jesus lived his entire life on earth sent by the Father. Today, as you and I go out into the work that God has given us, as we seek to experience him and join him in his work, I want you to live sent. Hear the word sent. It is your life's mission. If you and I are going to be true missionaries, we must live sent. Are you ready? Let's get out there. Ready, set, go.
4: Kevin's new book, Audacious Generosity, was an instant international bestseller on Amazon. Audacious Generosity is now available worldwide on Amazon in paperback, hardback, ebook, and audiobook. You'll find the Audacious Generosity ebook on Apple Books, Kindle, Google Play, and all the popular online ebook stores. The Audacious Generosity audiobook was recorded by Kevin himself, and reviewers are loving it. The audiobook can be found online in over 40 audiobook stores worldwide, including Audible, Apple, Google, and more. Buy Audacious Generosity for yourself. Gift it to your friends and family for the holidays. Discover why Audacious Generosity was an instant bestseller. Audacious Generosity is all about you enjoying a living relationship with God that's fueled by courage, characterized by freedom, and overflowing with Audacious Generosity. Get your copy today. We want to give some
3: local love to Mark Martek at Power Secure Inc. here in North Carolina. Power Secure is a leading provider of energy solutions in distributed generation, energy storage, renewables, and energy efficiency. In addition to grants and charitable donations, Mark is an incredible witness for Christ and in international missions. He and his wife, Patty, are founding members of the Hope for Haiti Foundation in the annual Rock Your World charity concert. Through their generosity, they have not only provided electricity locally, but have brought energy solutions across the globe. Mark, we salute you for your generosity. Check out their website at PowerSecure.com.
0: Then what is your uh, biggest adjustment? I know that you would never complain, but like you know, during your mission trip, what is is your biggest adjustment? My
2: adjustment? Yeah. Well, the biggest adjustments out there, I guess, anywhere. I mean, we are spoiled. We are so spoiled in the United States. You know, we have hot and cold running water in the same faucet. Mm -hmm. We we can open up a refrigerator and have a choice of food. Mm -hmm. And there there is no going out. You know taking a five-mile journey with buckets to pick up water. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, my biggest adjustment was uh, probably not having the resources that are so readily available in this country to us, and that we take that for granted.
3: Right.
2: And out there, yeah, it was just a challenge Mm. to get anything. I mean, if we just needed a a certain screw or a nail Mm
3: -hmm. and you
2: got to go to a hardware store, you're looking at a a two- to three-hour trip just to deal with the traffic and if the place doesn't have the thing you need, you go to another place and yeah, it's just so time consuming to do something so small. So that was probably the biggest adjustment Mm because like I said, in this country, I don't have a problem getting anything, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, in in 10 minutes I can have anything I need on a job site and there Mm -hmm. it's, it's more like 10 hours or 10 days, you Mm -hmm. know, to get some wood, yeah. So that was probably the biggest adjustment. So mm-hmm.
3: yeah. again,
2: you know, I, in the future, you know, I, I know what to expect in some of the countries I've been to. So I would kind of prepare myself. And again, if it, if it doesn't work out the way I want it, it it's the way God wanted it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though it was a challenge to do anything, the lessons you learn and the, the fun you have and the relationships and the people you touch along the way, it mm, never wow. would have happened if we didn't have to go through all these hoops to get what we needed. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I thank God for those challenges. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. How has God used missions to change your everyday
2: life? I feel that uh, anything I do now, I go in with, the, with a missionary attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, if things aren't you know, going the way I thought they would or should go, Mm -hmm. I am flexible. I am more flexible now than I ever was. Mm -hmm. Nothing seems to bother me anymore because I know that things are going to get done. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: may not be my time, but it's always in God's time. And he's Mm -hmm. given me a whole lot more patience, Mm -hmm. uh, courage to step out, you know, into an uncomfort zone where I am so used to being in a comfort zone Mm -hmm. that once you step out of it and Find comfort in your uncomfort zone is what I love.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. I don't know what, what the world can throw at me where I, I wouldn't be comfortable in mm.
3: it,
2: knowing that I, I just give it all up to, to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it doesn't happen, that means it wasn't supposed to happen.
3: Mm-hmm. If
2: it does happen, it was supposed to happen. Everything happens the way God wanted it to happen.
3: Right.
2: So yeah. I, I got, I, I stopped beating my head against the wall.
3: Right.
2: I just got, I stopped fighting the tide. Mm-hmm. Just just go with the flow. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's my philosophy now. Sometimes you will fault, but that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You All know, right. I always rely on Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And, you know, they, they told us in scripture that, you know, you follow Jesus, you will be ridiculed and persecuted. And that is a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't, it doesn't stop me from going in that same direction. Yeah. You don't want to follow me that's okay you're not hurting my feelings because you know even with uh i I find i found it very difficult to fundraise for these mission trips Mm -hmm. you know god put me in a financial position on my first trip i could have just wrote a check i don't have to go through the embarrassment or disappointment or rejection from people when you ask them for whatever they can contribute Mm -hmm. or some prayers You know, and you get a lot of doors slammed on your face. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was also told by uh, one of my instructors that, you know, it's not about how you feel. It's about God putting this on your heart. So don't feel that somebody's slamming the door Mm -hmm. on your face. They're not slamming it on you. They're slamming it on God. And if that's how they want to be, just tell them have a blessed day. Thank you. If you can at least uh, pray for our team, for our Mm -hmm. success. Yeah. Yeah. And you walk away with a smile on your face and you go knock on the next door. Mm -hmm. So from uh, not wanting to come up with the resources for my first trip, which was only fourteen hundred dollars, I took that advice from my instructor and went pounding the pavement, knocking on doors. And I was able to people donated over three thousand dollars to me Mm -hmm. for a fourteen hundred dollar trip.
3: Wow.
2: And then that's the same problem with other Team members that I tried, well, how am I going to come up with $3,000 to go to India? You know, I can't afford that. You have to leave it to God. Mm -hmm. All they ask for us to do is put some skin in the game, 10%. So put in $300 of your own money and just Mm -hmm. see what happens. Mm -hmm. Every Mm -hmm. single one of those people exceeded their goals. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. And it's amazing how God works. So yes, not only do we pay for our own airfares, we're able to pay for most of the materials and whatever money left over, donate to the whatever organizations we're going. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Going to help.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's beautiful. I really hope our audience will hear how free Henry is and just the spirit of freedom over the gift of freedom over Henry's life. God has really set Henry free. And I just... Love that. But, Henry, any word come to mind as as you think of how missions is, God has used missions to change your life? What? How would you bring it down to one word? One word? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I would say, well, you said it already, freedom.
1: Really? Okay.
2: Yes. Yes, to go on a mission trip when you come home. Yes, it's this <clears throat> feeling of freedom mm-hmm. that you are not bound by any of this worldly... Rat race.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yeah. I, I, I. it's tough to describe unless you actually experience it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what I pray for everyone who wants to go on a mission trip, that the Lord mm-hmm. would put on your heart what he put on mine. And that's what made the difference.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It wasn't what I could do. Mm-hmm. It's what I could do through him mm-hmm. yeah. that, that gave me the freedom, gave me the courage, Yes. Mm -hmm. Just to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. As long as you have him right there with you. And he is. People just need to realize that. You know, we think we're doing this on our own power. Mm. No, if I was doing it on my own power, I'd still be in bed. I wouldn't even get out of bed. My my body is old and broken and I have so many issues, but I just do not let them steal my joy. I don't let anyone steal my joy.
1: And just that reality of God, cool. yeah, God with us makes a huge difference. And you really live that out, uh, in a yes, authentic, living relationship with the Lord. Well, before we close out the show, I really want you to take us back to a very tender moment between you and God and that day that you fell to your knees in your driveway. So we've heard your testimony now. We've heard your story, um, about your mission trip to India. I want us just to. Uh, hear that moment that you fell to your knees and you said, why, God, am I so blessed? Because you have been to India and just take take us there. Why, why, why did you fall to your knees? I felt I actually felt ashamed of myself
3: mm-hmm.
2: for having so much. Mm-hmm. And before God came into my life, I thought it was me. I'm the one who I am. The reason why I have all of this. And yes, when I came home and I saw, God reminded me of what I had, and I just couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not worthy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Why me? Yeah. When I just left a bunch of people in a foreign country, who have nothing. Why? What?
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: yes, when it hit me that you know God gave me all of this to take care of, not for me. Mm. Yes, I do enjoy what He has given me. What He put me to steward for him, but it wasn't for me only.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's the, that's the time when I realized, and I told my wife that I I have to open this house up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was coming back from that mission trip. When I heard a story of one of my teammates mm-hmm. of what kind of financial shape this guy was in, who's taking this house, who's going to shut down his power. And I'm like, God put it on my heart that day that I want this brother of mine to live with me and his family. Mm -hmm. And I said, how am I going to convince my wife of this? Because she's not on the same spiritual page as I was back then. Mm -hmm. So I just let it go, and I just kept praying about it. And my wife came to me Mm -hmm. and asked me, would it be okay if we asked these people to live with us. And I, <laughs> again, mm. I dropped on my knees and uh-huh. said, thank you.
3: Yes. Thank mm. you, Lord. Mm-hmm.
2: You just saved me a very uncomfortable conversation with my wife and uh-huh. she brought it up to me. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so now, again, I, I I open up my heart, I open up my finance, mm-hmm. I, whatever I can do, mm-hmm. I will do. Yeah. And, God, I actually asked God again to, to verify it was him. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. for me
2: to continue doing what I'm doing. I said, God, I know you've shown me the sign, and I am pretty convinced that it is you who's doing this.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But what would really solidify my faith and my belief in you is that if you can show this to me now. Mm-hmm. So they would come to me sporadically, you know, maybe days or weeks apart. And within, I want to say, five minutes, he showed me that sign so plain as day that I said, you have me now, Lord. Mm-hmm. Hook, line, and sinker till the day I die, because now I know there is no coincidence, there's no chance. Mm-hmm. It is you, because I asked for the sign, and you gave it to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wish, again, I wish everybody could experience what I did experience.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of people read the Word, and Go to church and Go through the motions But mm-hmm. You know I've shared this with, with a select few people And every one of them Said to me Boy I wish he can Show me a sign
3: Yeah And I said You know
2: He may very well be mm-hmm. Showing you a sign mm-hmm. So you pray You pray to God That he keeps Your spiritual eyes And ears open
3: mm-hmm. And yeah. you pay
2: attention
3: yeah. To his
2: beauty To his presence And trust me You will see his sign mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that So Yeah mm-hmm. but, from
2: uh, that, that point on Kevin, I I I've demoted <laughs> myself to Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and yes, there is. And again, like I said, it's sometimes it's to a fault. Sometimes uh, my wife will say, you know, you got to stop preaching like that because <laughs> you know a lot of people you scare away. As you know,
3: what? <laughs> Too mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: yeah, I just appreciate you sharing that tender moment because there is a spirit of God that brings us to a place of equality with our brothers and sisters who have less than we do materially, but yet they have so much more than we do spiritually. And God wants us all to be equal materially and equal spiritually. And in the U S in 2020, we have had a lot of exposure to racial inequality. And, you know, there's been a cry that black lives matter and all lives matter. And we need to realize that skin color does not make one more supreme than the other, that we are we are equal. And the same is true materially. And, and spiritually, the Bible makes it very clear, let the one that has share with the one that does not have. And that's, mm-hmm. that's God's way of making things equal. And, yeah. you know, so for this really powerful American man to come back from a mission trip in, to India and to fall on his knees in front of his beautiful home in the U.S. is no small act of God. Because that's really one of the moments that you just agreed in your heart that God owns all. And it's all been a gift yeah. from God that you are to steward. And yeah. I, I honor you for that testimony and commend you for allowing God to do that work in your life. And that is a work of freedom because now, yeah. now he has to, he has to God, God has to sustain that house. And the repairs on it and everything else when we do live as stewards instead of as proprietors like that. Mm -hmm. Correct. And you have a witness not only is your impact in North Carolina, but your impact is 8,000 miles away over in India, even to this day, Uh, and in Haiti and up north uh, with your family members there and all over. And there's no limit to what God can do in and through you. So praise God for that.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Henry, I'd love for you to close out our show with just a word of prayer over our audience that they would experience these gifts that you have witnessed to during your story. Would you just guide us in prayer?
2: Sure. Father God, please, please hear my prayer for everyone who's listening. That, uh, please put it on their hearts, what you put on my heart. Please allow them to experience what you allowed me to experience. Lord, continue to keep mine and everyone who's listening eyes and ears open so that whatever you put on our hearts, that we follow full heartedly Mm -hmm. without any anxieties or worries Please, God, let them know that you you are in control of everything. This Mm. crazy year of 2020, everybody's afraid to even go to the supermarket, Lord. But as long as we do our part, Lord, you will do yours. Mm. You are faithful to us. Lord, please continue to bless me with this feeling of freedom. Please allow others to get this same feeling of freedom. And I feel that we can only get that through you Lord Mm. put it on all of our hearts Lord just to continue the path you put us on please bless us with with material things with spiritual things and give us the servant's heart that we will continue to serve others and I, I just pray that you can touch as many of these listeners that are listening and they can all experience the joy and happiness and freedom Mm. that I feel and a lot of my fellow believers feel, Lord. Mm. We ask all these things through your loving son, Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Well done. Well said. Well prayed, Henry. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we really are blessed to have Henry uh, share with us his story of his mission trip to India. Again, if you did not catch part one, you're going to want to go back and listen to last week's episode where Henry really shares his testimony of how God has captured his heart and life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. I see you again next week on Missions Change My Life. This episode is complete, so head over to globalhopeindia.org for
0: show notes, resources, and opportunities to go to India through GHI. Continue to be radically transformed by God as you live out the Great Commission, and we'll see you again next week here at Missions Change My Life.